Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newest episode of the Road to World Baseball podcast. I'm actually starting to lose track of which episode we're on. I think my brain is is actually scrambled from the trade deadline, but I think we're at 12 uh, or 13 or something like that. But uh, it's great to be back for another week. I'm DJ Short, and I'm joined here once again by Drew Silva. Hello, Drew. What's up, man? We should just start making up numbers. Like, yeah. <laughs> episode 60. <laughs> yeah, I think we're the only ones keeping track. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been a crazy week. Slowed down a little bit since Monday, which which is nice uh, because Monday was insane. I, I should say Drew and I were were both handling news on Road to World for the for the trade deadline on Monday, and you know we've been doing this since 2009, and it was one of the craziest days I could remember. Yeah, the last 15 minutes especially, it was pretty quiet in the morning, and I knew that was a bad omen, like just for our <laughs> our our job purposes because. You know, you and I write, have to write up every transaction, and then when a team makes a trade, there are a lot of related transactions, like they're calling players up, and right. so yeah, I mean, it was it was a, a crazy like final fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, MLB PR put out a tweet. I, I put this in waiver wire today that there was eighteen trades on Monday, and that mm-hmm. was the most active deadline day since at least nineteen ninety five. Um, and I, I believe it cause it was, it was bonkers. And I was, I was on news, uh, basically from around one o'clock until midnight that day. And I didn't even really get a chance to breathe until like 10 o'clock. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I went out, um, to grab some dinner later that night and like, I couldn't even remember who got traded, <laughs> traded even though I had written everything up. Yeah. Yeah. My friend asked me, like, so who, like, what were, like, the big moves? And I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is leaking. Uh, yeah. Um, but before we get into the trade deadline fallout, I wanted to announce that we have our first sponsor for the show, which is very exciting. Uh, and it's Mac Weldon, who specializes in men's basics. So whether it's underwear, socks, T-shirts, polo shirts, undershirts, hoodies, which I love, you name it, they have you covered with smart designs and comfortable fabrics. This week's been a little better temperature-wise, but it's been super hot in New York recently, and I know in many other cities across the country too. And I do a ton of walking, so often you feel sweaty and gross by the time you get to your eventual destination, but with wearing Mack Weldon's products in recent weeks, I feel comfortable 
and you don't have to sacrifice style either. So I really think it's the best of both worlds. And you should try it out for yourself. Go to MacWeldon.com. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N. And get 20% off using the promo code ROTOB. Again, it's promo code ROTOB, R-O-T-O-B, all caps. It's an easy and straightforward shopping experience. And, and that's really what you're looking for. And after trying their product, I think you're going to dig it too. We've seen a number of players trade out some old laundry for new ones this week. So perhaps a time for you to try to do the same. Go to MacWeldon.com. <laughs> Go to MacWeldon.com. That was pretty good. Yeah, I had to think of something to tie it into the trade <laughs> deadline. So there I, we are. I did order some stuff um, once we they signed on to be our sponsor, though. And I mean, they really are like the most comfortable boxer briefs I've I've ever had. I I usually just buy boxer briefs from like, you know, like a department store. Um, and these are these are something else. I also bought a hoodie, but like you said, it's not really hoodie weather. But I tried it on; it does feel awesome. Yeah, really good products. Really like well made stuff. Yeah, I got these no the no show socks that you can wear with like sneakers or like boat shoes or whatever you prefer to wear with shorts and really comfortable stuff. I got a polo shirt from them and it breathes really well. So really good stuff. I'd encourage you to try it. So trade deadline. A lot to get to here. Uh, the fantasy angles of it uh, and just the regular baseball angles of it. Um, who do you think did the best for themselves at the deadline? And this could be buyers or sellers. Um, I think the Rangers were probably the most active and, and I guess the biggest winners um, from a perspective of three days away from the trade deadline. Um, they got, you know, Jonathan Lucroy, an all-star catcher who's owed just $5.25 million next year on a club option. Um, Carlos Beltran, a future Hall of Famer and switch hitter who fits pretty nicely on that roster, a, a roster that lost Prince Fielder for the season. He can DH, play some corner outfield, maybe even a little first base. Um, a nice, definitely a nice guy to play to, to have in the playoffs. You look at his playoff numbers; he's he's pretty much Babe Ruth right. in, Octo- in October. T- yeah, don't tell that to certain Mets fans who somehow think he's <laughs> not good in the playoffs, but whatever. Yeah, because he struck out one time against yeah. Adam Wainwright. Um, and then they got the, the Rangers got Jeremy Jeffress too, who's having who was having a huge year as the Brewers closer, and he's under. Uh, contractual control through t- through 2019 a nice addition to a, a bullpen that's been pretty good but but could have could have used another setup man because um, Sean Tolleson's been a, a disappointment um, so I, yeah I'd put the Rangers at the, the very top of my winners list next I would probably say the Giants um, I really liked the Matt Moore acquisition um, he had a 1.99 ERA over his last 40 innings with Tampa Bay. I, I liked him a lot coming into the year. Um, really good spring. And then he brought that into April and then kind of fell off in May and June had it hit some rough spots. Um, but moving from the AL East to the NL West, that's got to do wonders for your ERA, which was already falling. Uh, he did make his giants debut today, which is Thursday um, issued a season high six walks um but uh only allowed two runs over six innings and i believe san francisco won that in extras i didn't see that the final of that um moore's not the kind of guy that throws 100 miles an hour anymore like he was when he was coming up but uh, he's he's like 94 95 now and um like i said the move to the nl west i think will be great for him he has club options that run through 2019 and they're all pretty cheap 
I think it's seven million dollars next year, and then nine million, and then ten million. That's that's pretty good, even if he's only going to be like a, a number three starter. Um, they also got Eduardo Nunez last week to play uh, third base. He's kind of having a breakout year. Um, he had been regressing pretty steadily in Minnesota before the trade, but I get the vibe that he's going to pull like a 2012 Marco Scudero. Yeah, yeah. He's on the it, Giants, so it's going to happen. Yeah, this is even year stuff. Um, and then Will Smith, uh, left-handed reliever, a nice addition to that bullpen that, that had needed some left-handed relief help because Javier Lopez has been kind of up and down. Yeah, and he's um, under control for a while too, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the Giants and Rangers both did well. And then I'll, I'll say that Yankees did did really well too. For sure. This has got to be maybe the biggest sell-off in, in franchise history. I shouldn't say something like that because they've been around for a long time. And, but yeah. like it, and in, we're in, young. We don't, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. But in my modern recollection of yeah, the Yankees, I, I, agree. I, agree. I don't think they've ever sold that many parts. And, and what they got for it, they got a, a huge shortstop prospect from the Cubs for Aroldis Chapman a guy named Glaber Torres, um, Clint Frazier, a top 50 prospect outfielder from the Indians for Andrew Miller. Um, and then Dylan Tate from the Rangers for Carlos Beltran. He was, uh, the fourth overall pick last year. Um, he hasn't really done much, uh, yet in the minors, but a, a young guy, a, a nice project for them to have. Yeah. I think a really good buy low. I think his, his velocity has been down this year and just hasn't really worked out, but a guy to buy low on and, and, and work with, I mean, that could pay off huge for a guy who's going to be a free agent after the year. I, I, I like that. And so it's yeah. worth taking a chance. And then a ton of other really nice parts in their, in their sell off. And then you combine that with guys like Aaron judge, Gary Sanchez, uh, Jorge Mateo, Blake Rutherford, Luis Severino, if you want to count him as a prospect still. Um, that's that's like one of the best farm system in, in baseball. Um, and they, of course, they have money to spend to accelerate this rebuild. Jose Fernandez and Bryce Harper are going to be free agents in a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I kind of see it for them. I like it. And uh, Hal Steinbrenner, I, I read an article this morning that he was really kind of surprised about the reaction from Yankees fans that, that are really into this this project. I mean, yeah. w- what's the point of just stringing along like A-Rod and Mark Teixeira for another couple of years? They, they needed to start making changes, and they did, and they did it really well. I mean, we see this all the time in, in fantasy. Like, people are just obsessed with prospects. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I do weekly chats on Roto World, a good – 30% of the questions is about who's the next prospect to be called up. So I think fans like to play sort of that GM role and, and to follow the prospects coming up from the minors. And maybe if you're a Yankees fan, you kind of look back at, you know, they call them the core four. Like they all came from their farm system and fans like to root from for players who come from within as opposed to buying players and free agency. Uh, so I think it makes sense that their fans are all about this. And, and you're right. I, to have a team that's sort of middle of the road and, and maybe they're going to make a run at the wild card. It's hard to really get into that. Uh, so I, I thought it was brilliant for the Yankees to leverage those relievers who had a lot of value in the, in this market. I thought they were going to keep Miller uh, when we talked about this last week. Uh, but I re- really like the move, not, not only to get Frazier, but Justice Sheffield, who's a top 100 prospect as well. So they did great. Yep. The other winner I had was the Dodgers getting Rich Hill and Josh Reddick. 
Um, that was kind of an early in the day trade that some people kind of forgot about, but, uh, those, those are nice additions. I think Rich Hill is supposed to make his Dodgers debut this weekend, finally over the blister that has cost in the last three weeks. And then Josh Reddick was having a nice year in Oakland, not, not much power, but like a really good all around consistent yeah. hitter. I feel like he's been underrated for a while and that's probably just by virtue of playing in Oakland. And that, that could lead us to a Yasiel Puig discussion, but we could just, sure. We, we don't have to do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought a couple of years ago that he's getting sent to the minors? It's just, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, one move I really liked uh, was the Nationals getting Mark Melanson. And when you compare it to what other teams paid for, for Chapman and Miller, uh, I thought the Nationals did really well. I mean, they gave up Rivero, who could turn out to be a closer down the line, but Consider Melanson has a 1.78 ERA dating back to 2013. Only Zach Britton and Wade Davis have a lower ERA during that time. And and Melanson's thrown a ton more innings. Uh, and keep in mind, Chapman has a 2.05 ERA in that time. So mm-hmm. they managed to get him and, and push Jonathan Papelbon aside into a setup role. Papelbon really hasn't been himself. Even, even last year, he wasn't really himself, but managed to get by. Uh, but I thought that was a huge addition by the Nationals, who look you know, like they're going to run away with the National League East. Yeah, that secondary relief market is. I th- I think the, if I was a GM, that's where I'd be dabbling because y- you can get like some of these like throw. Not I'm not calling Melanson a throwaway, but um, like the Cardinals and Zach Duke. I mean, they gave up nothing for him. You know, like trades like that, I would be all over. I'd try to get like two or three relievers at the deadline for for basically low-level prospects but i don't run a team yeah and we didn't really see any big name starters get dealt you did mention rich hill uh, which i think was a good gamble for the dodgers for what they need we don't know when clayton kershaw is going to be back or if he'll come back at all and a team like the rangers i thought could have really used a starting pitcher but it seems like they're just going to try to uh, outslug everybody, <laughs> which isn't the worst idea. I mean, you look at this lineup now. I know Chu's back uh, tonight, Thursday night, um, but they can roll out Profar, Desmond, Beltron, Beltre, Odor, Lucroy, Mazzara. I mean, that is a really good lineup. Um, so they're pretty scary. Yeah, I think I think they definitely won the whole trade deadline. I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to John Daniels. There, there have been some up and downs uh, in his tenure as the Rangers GM. And, and now they're like all of a sudden positioned again as a world series contender. Yeah, for sure. So I think the big storyline coming out of the trade deadline though, is that just the complete overhaul among closers. And, and some of this was due to trades, but we also saw jobs change hands this week due to injury and underperformance. So a lot of turnover all at the same time has made this a really interesting week on the waiver wire and also presents an opportunity for fantasy owners who are trying to play catch up right now. So we have Tyler Thornburg taking over in Milwaukee, uh, Jeremy Jeffress and Will Smith both traded this week. Dellen Betance is taking over the job in New York with Chapman and Miller out of the picture. Edwin Diaz in Seattle, Steve Ciszek, uh, Lost the job due to underperformance, and now he's on the DL with a labrum tear in his hip, so he's probably done for the year. Uh, Kelvin Herrera in uh, Kansas City uh, with Wade Davis down with more arm problems. Uh, Ken Giles in Houston takes over for Will Harris. Tony Watson with the Pirates. Jake Barrett with the Diamondbacks. And Cam Bedrosian with the Angels. So that's a 
crazy long list of new closers just all in the past week basically um so what i thought uh we should do here is to rank these guys the rest of the way so we we have thornburg batances diaz herrera giles watson barrett bedrosian um so yeah what are you thinking um just to do it quickly uh i would go batances Giles, Diaz, Herrera, Thornburg, Watson, Bedrosian, Barrett. Uh, and then let me explain why. Batances is, is uh, you know, just a dominant pitcher. Dude has a 14.2 career K per nine in the majors, uh, 90 strikeouts and 51 and a third innings this year. Um, a 1.68 ERA over his last 195 appearances. He's just, he's been great. Um, you know, since they converted him into a reliever, I believe. Um, and the Yankees aren't very good, but uh, I was having this conversation on Twitter with a guy yesterday, um, and he he wanted me to rank Giles Batances, Sungwon Oh, Diaz, and Watson. And I, I found mm-hmm. it pretty hard to do because I don't think there's any way to predict um, what team is going to give you save opportunities. Like the Cubs and the Indians are both near the bottom this year. Right. And save opportunities for their closers, and the White Sox and Brewers are near the top. Right. So yeah, I, you I, want a team that kind of plays close games. Yeah. Right. Maybe over like a two thousand game sample size, the team that wins the most will give you the most save opportunities. But we're dealing in small samples um, with these guys, and and so I just I almost like just throw that thing out, throw that out the window. I might give him like a slight edge if he's on a better team than the other guy, and I, and their talent is equal. But mainly, I'm just focusing on who's who's the best, who has the best arm talent. Yeah, the best skills. Yeah. So, so Batantis is number one for me, and then Giles would be second. Uh, hasn't allowed a run since June 18th. Mm-hmm. Um, 23 strikeouts in his last 13 innings. Um, the Astros are good. Uh, should be a lot of save opportunities there. I don't. I don't think Will Harris is going to like ch- challenge to get the job back. Luke R- Gregerson is currently on the DL, so I, right. that job that job is his. Sure. Um, which I thought it would be his coming out of spring yeah, training. Everybody did, yeah. But of course, he uh, he had a rough couple months out, mm-hmm. out of the gate. And then I would D- Diaz third, twenty uh, two year old who can touch hundred miles an hour. Um, has a two point oh ERA and fifty three strikeouts and. 27 innings this season. The Mariners are yeah. Yeah. Two, two strikeouts per inning. Yeah, insane. that's that's pretty good. Uh, the, the Mariners are good, so I guess that helps. Uh, and like you said, Ciszek probably done for the year with a labrum tear. Mm-hmm. Um, fifth would be Calvin Herrera. We we talked about him a little bit last week because it looked like Wade Davis might get traded, and then he wound up landing on the DL with a forearm strain. Yeah, so if you stashed him, it worked out well. Yeah, um, Herrera's kind of been a closer and waiting for a while a really good setup man um he has a 1.51 era in almost 50 innings this year just a shutdown guy the royals aren't good but they they do play close games yeah I, I guess um and then tyler thornburg would be would be next uh big uptick in velocity this year yeah averaging 94 mile an hour, miles an hour with his fastball after averaging 92 last year um, good strikeout numbers, good ERA, uh, on, on a bad Brewers team, but whatever. And then, uh, Tony Watson next, um, a hard throwing lefty who's been a really good setup man for like five years, but, uh, not as many strikeouts as the guys further up on the list. 
Um, Bedrosian next. Um, he earned his first career save on Tuesday by striking out the side, but then on Wednesday he blew a save by allowing three walks and two hits. It was a disaster. I think he got one out. Yeah. Um, ERA was at 0.90 before that, and I, I mean it's it's going to be on the rise as he gets more high leverage situations. The Angels aren't very good. The rest of their bullpen is terrible. Joe Smith got traded to the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Houston Street um, is out, and who knows when he's going to come yeah, back. It's generally injury prone anyway. So. Yeah, just having a, a bad year too. And then um, Jake Barrett w- would be last. Uh, he's allowed five earned runs over his last two appearances. I don't really like Arizona pitchers. Um, I know he had good minor league numbers, but I'm just not not really that high on him. Yep. So that, that's my list. Yeah, I have Batances first also. Just um big part of it is the strikeout upside, so going with the skill there. Uh, I go Giles from there. Uh, Diaz, again, the strikeouts. Uh, Herrera, Thornburg. So I think we mostly agree on these. Yeah. Watson. I put Barrett ahead of Bedrosian, and the only reason I do that is because I, I think Street will be back um, at some point, and I'm sure the Angels would like to see him finish the year strong. Yeah, that makes and, sense. And try to leverage that into a trade over the winter. So we'll see. I think Bedrosian is the long-term guy, and I'm not really worried about the appearance on Wednesday. I think he's going to be fine. He's been rock solid for a while before that, so I'm not really worried about him. Um, so we mostly agree except for the last two. Cool. Yeah. Um. So one thing I want to mention before we got before we started recording here, it was announced that Aaron Sanchez is going to stay in the rotation for the Blue Jays. Um, I know there's been a ton of talk for months about moving him to the bullpen as as he gets to sort of un- uncharted territory innings wise. He's already thrown more innings than he's ever thrown in a professional season before. He's at 139 and a third innings right now. Um, but the Blue Jays are going to use the six man rotation. Um, how long they're going to do it? Uh, who knows? Uh, it seems like they're just going to monitor him from start to start, see how he feels. Um, hasn't shown any signs of wearing down so far. Uh, has the uh, AL best 271 ERA so far. A legitimate Cy Young candidate. Um, but if the performance starts to wane a bit, uh, maybe they'll move him in the bullpen at that time. So don't drop him yet. I was looking up um, like AL Cy Young potential leaders the other day it's a pretty down year for the it AL. Is. it is like is jay is jay hap gonna get signed <laughs> votes <laughs> yeah. yeah i like i i figure that sanchez will fall out of the race because he's gonna go to the bullpen eventually because they can't have him throw 200 innings um or, or you know i think he's going to the bullpen pretty pretty soon like maybe after one or two more starts or maybe they skip him a few times i don't know mm-hmm. either way like it's it's pretty open and maybe chris sale like yeah, kind of sneaks one in a sale. down year for I him. See, I could see sale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a, and then you look at the NL and there's a ton of candidates, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So just stay flexible. Keep watching it. If his effectiveness drops off, just be prepared for a potential move to the bullpen. But for the time being, he will stick around. Um, so we're going to move on to injuries. There's a ton of injuries to big name players this week. Some of them out for the year. Um, I think we're going to start out with, a big one, Trevor Story with the Rockies. Uh, you want to get us started on that? Yeah, kind of came out of nowhere, undergoing season-ending surgery to repair a torn UCL in his left thumb. The, the Rockies announced that on Tuesday. 
Um, well, they didn't say it was season ending surgery, but th- those injuries take a- at least six weeks yeah. to recover from. And, and they're not going to rush him back unless, I don't know, maybe if they're like a game out of the wild card, we see him in late September, yeah, you never know. but, but I kind of doubt it. Um, so that ends a brilliant rookie campaign, um, 27 homers, 72 RBIs and a 909 OPS in 97 games. Um, probably was the front runner for national league rookie of the year. If people yep. care about that, uh, I would say that Corey Seager is now the front runner there yep. because a led Diaz also might, might be out for the year. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe John Gray makes a run at that. Um, cause he's, he's been having a great couple months. Um, but so yeah, I mean, it, it sucks for the Rockies and it stinks for Trevor story. I guess, Christian Adamas is going to take over at shortstop, but he's never really hit the ball well in the majors and doesn't have eye-popping minor league numbers, so I'm probably just ignoring him even though he's going to be playing at cores down the stretch. Or maybe your old friend Daniel Descalso. Right, yeah. Yeah, pick him up in (laughs) 10-team leagues. Descalso. Um, And then I I, I would say the next biggest one is probably Ioannis Cespedes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Finally you want to fin- handle that one as I, a, resi- a resident I, Mets fan? <laughs> I will handle it uh, reluctantly. Um, finally going on the DL, and, and this is something the, the Mets, which is a theme for them this year, hemming and hawing about whether to put a player on the DL, playing shorthanded for weeks. Um, so this is probably something they should have done a, maybe a month ago. And- I was surprised he played last night. Yeah, me too. I, I, you know, it was because they had the DH. Um, yeah. So I, I got it, and, and he felt well enough to to golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, which was a controversy on Twitter, which is so dumb. But uh, Sandy Alderson today basically admitted that they they should have acted sooner on it, and of course they acquired Jay Bruce from the Reds, and which sort of an imperfect fit. There's not a center fielder on the roster. Of course, Juan Lagares is is down for the year, thumb surgery for him as well. Um, but this at least clears up some of the log jam in the, in the short term. Hopefully Cespedes, you know, rests for a couple of weeks. And when he comes back, maybe he can play center field. Uh, that would at least be the hope. Um, but yeah, I mean, that hurts, that hurts the Mets uh, at a time when they really need his bat in the lineup struggling for offense. I guess they're hoping Bruce will pick up some of the slack there. Yeah, the, the wild card race in the NL is becoming a war of attrition. Yeah. Like the, the Cardinals are losing key pieces and not playing well. And then the Marlins are, have some really nice pieces and then a lot of crap. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to win that. Yeah. I mean, the, the Mets aren't very good, but they're also not very bad. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I think that like a lot of the teams in that are, are yeah. like that. Even I would throw the Dodgers in that mix too. Yeah. I feel like there's just going to be a team that, I mean, this is the way it goes oftentimes with the wild card gets hot the last couple of weeks of the season and then they win the wild card. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's still just wide open. Who knows what's going to happen. That thing's coming down to the last day. For yeah. Sure. I think so. I think so. Um, so another one, uh, Aaron Nola with the Phillies. Um, and this is someone I recommended buying low on, I think a month ago, um, was placed on the disabled list Wednesday with an elbow strain. So what's, what's going on with that one? Yeah. And Phillies manager, uh, Pete Mackinan indicated to the media that he's probably not going to return this season. You don't want to mess with an elbow. It doesn't sound like he's going to need like surgery or anything like that, but they're going to shut him down for two weeks. And then um, he said, they're going to take it pretty cautiously from there. 
um, there's no there's no reason to to rush him back with where the Phillies are and and what Nola means for their future. Um, he got off to a great start this year. As at on, on the second week of June, he was sporting a 2.65 ERA and 85-15 K to walk in seven eight innings, and then it all kind of fell apart for him from there. Um, the velocity started fluctuating. Um, he wound up posting a 9.82 ERA over his final 33 innings. Um, in his last start, his velocity was at a season low. I remember the Phillies beat writers talking about it as it was happening. Um, you kind of knew something was up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, he, he's done for the year, and he's going to finish with a 4.78 ERA. But I don't know. If he has a healthy winter coming into next spring, I'm, I'm going to be buying so many shares of him because yeah. I think he'll be like – totally undervalued yeah i think maybe he'll be forgotten and Mm -hmm. i i saw that he said that the issue first surfaced last thursday but given the drop-off that was like so sudden you have to wonder if it was it's just been a lingering thing and he finally just spoke up about it yeah and then um coming out of this though is jake thompson uh, the phillies top pitching prospect is going to debut saturday in san diego um, he entered the year as a consensus top 100 prospect and has posted a 2.50 ERA, uh, good whip, not great strikeout numbers this year at AAA, but a 22-year-old um, with a lot of ability who should have fantasy streaming appeal down the stretch. And I would say Saturday in San Diego seems like a pretty good matchup Perfect. to Perfect. stream. Um, so maybe a guy to add and then drop and then add and then drop. But um, definitely a guy to look out for. Yep. Uh, Another pitching injury. We have Danny Salazar with the Indians Uh, went on the DL with elbow inflammation this week. Uh, Really hasn't been the same since the start of July. You might remember that he skipped the all-star game due to elbow discomfort and then got a little break from there, but didn't seem to help. Um, This is someone who was at one point, the ERA leader in the American league, but now at three, three, eight for the year. And I guess the good news is that the MRI showed no structural damage. And he's saying that the, the pain wasn't in the same area as his Tommy John surgery. So the hope is that he could be back by the end of the month or so. So we're just going to have to cross our fingers with that. I hope so for Indians fans, man. They deserve, they don't deserve this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, I mean, when that pitching rotations all, all together, it's nasty. It reminds yeah. me of the, of the Mets from last season. So it was nice to see them be active at the deadline. Of course, the Lucroy thing didn't work out, um, but still got Miller for, for the back end of that bullpen. So that was nice yeah. to see. With, with those three starters and then adding Andrew Miller, and I, I really like their offense. I'm, I would maybe put them as like the favorite to come out of the AL in the playoffs. I agree. I agree. Um, but I don't, I don't know that the playoffs are a crap shoot. So That's who true. knows? But I, I, I really like I really like the that roster. Yeah. Another... They, sh- they should have added a catcher though. I mean, obviously they tried to get Luke Roy and he denied them, but I'm surprised yeah. they didn't try for like Derek Norris or something. Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, I guess there could, there still could be a trade in August. I mean, yeah, that's true. What happens? But finally, another team in contention, the American League, the Astros, uh, lost Lance McCullers to the DL this week as well. Yep. Um, started feeling elbow discomfort in his start Tuesday night against the Blue Jays, placed on the DL. The next day, it's it's being called a mild elbow sprain. Um, he'll be shut down for the next two weeks, and then we'll kind of see what happens from there. Um, taking, I mean, I like McCullers a lot. He was having kind of an up and down year, but a, a 20, lot of walks, a lot of walks. Yeah, yeah. But a, I mean, a 22 year old budding star with pretty good stuff. 
Um, but uh, taking his spot in the rotation this Sunday against the Rangers will be 23-year-old right-hander Joe Musgrove, um, who was called up on Tuesday. And when McCullers went down with the injury, they brought in Musgrove, and he struck out eight batters over four and a third scoreless innings against the Blue Jays. He was amazing. It was yeah. Awesome. I mean, I think he allowed one hit, a single. Um, it was his major league debut, and he, he looked awesome. So um, pretty good minor league numbers this year. Uh, he was a supplemental first rounder in 2011 out of high school. Uh, 2.74 ERA, good whip, about a strikeout printing this year between double A AA and triple A. I wouldn't use him Sunday versus Texas, but uh, if he gets a few more turns, and he might because McCullers is going to be out probably a month, um, there there probably will be some matchups there to, to use him. Yeah, crazy good control in the minors. Uh, mm-hmm. Just around a walk per nine innings or something like that. So uh, it's crazy. I'm with you, though, about using him in the short term. Rangers this weekend. Then he gets the Blue Jays again. And granted, he pitched well against, but tough lineup to face. Then he gets the Orioles from there. So while there's a lot of appeal in the long term, I'm really not sure about these matchups. So I think you're just going to have to be careful with them, basically. National League pitchers are way more fun. (laughs) That's terrible. For sure. That string of matchups. Yeah, and I feel like the bad teams in the National League are only going to get worse. Oh, yeah. So that's something to keep an eye out for if you're streaming pitchers. Um, Big name promoted this week. Well, the biggest name anyway. Andrew Benintendi with the Red Sox. Skipping AAA altogether, but hit 312, nine homers, 16 steals, 910 OPS in 97 games between high A and double A. More walks than strikeouts, so you like to see that. This is a guy who's only five foot 10, 170 pounds, so a little guy, but across the board ability, really exciting. Yeah, the seventh, seventh overall pick last year out of the University of Arkansas and just skyrocketed through the Red Sox system. Uh, he came up as a center fielder, but he's probably the left fielder of the future for Boston or um, because they have Jackie Bradley and sure. Mookie Betts. Um, had two hits Wednesday night in Seattle, his first two major league hits in his second major league game. Um, decent power, pretty good speed. Probably not going to rack up counting stats this year, but like you said, a really good overall player, um, very consistent kind of guy gets on base, uh, hits slap singles, does whatever, gap to gap, maybe like a Nomar Mazzara type. That's probably a bad comp, but um, a guy who's not going to like maybe wow you with power right away, though Mazzara kind of did. Um, but but like definitely long-term fantasy-wise, I think he's going to be a star. Um, yeah. and, 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 and that whole outfield should be great for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably going to be uh, in the bottom of the lineup. Of course, it's a really deep lineup there with the Red Sox, and it looks like he's going to sit against left-handed pitching. But with that late, with that lineup in the stadium, I think you have to like it. Um, of course, Alex Bregman is all everybody talked about for a while, and he's really struggled so far. And you have to keep in mind, Benintendi struggled after his promotion in Double A, and he's skipping Triple A altogether. So there could be some initial struggles, but. I could see using them in a in a standard mixed league if if you're shuffling outfielders and looking to the waiver wire. But if you're in a shallow league, you probably have better options. I think that's yeah. fair to say. Um, I, I, I guess let's hit on another Red Sox prospect. Um, 
How do you pronounce Yoan Moncada's name? Is that right? I say Yoan Moncada. Yoan Moncada. (laughs) All right. I still haven't figured that out. I mean, he's only, what, 19 years old, so I've got some time. We will know how to say it soon enough. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, Red Sox GM Mike Hazen said earlier this week that his quick development has forced the club to readjust their estimated time of arrival for him in the majors. There's even some talk of him making his MLB debut sometime in September. Um, he's been amazing in the minors, uh, hitting 301 with a 927 OPS this year, 12 homers, 44 steals in 93 games. That's between high A and double A. Um, recently began transitioning from second base to third base, where obviously he won't be blocked in the majors by Dustin Pedroia. Um, the speed and, and, and the all-around game, I've, I mean, would have like dynasty leaguers just salivating. Um, obviously, he's already going to be owned in, in kind of in a dynasty league, but something to look forward to that might actually happen this year. Yeah, I mean, if you're in a keeper league, uh, he might still be out there. I mean, I think if you were if you were making a dynasty list of of prospects, just of prospects, um, he might be number one overall. Yeah, um, just with that speed and their across the board ability um, in that lineup in the American League. Um, he might be number one. Bregman might be in that top five, too. I'm sure Ben Intendi would be in the top 10. Um, but just huge potential there. I'm not sure he's quite as ready as Ben Intendi. Um, his stri- Moncada's strikeout rate in double A has been over 30%. So I'm sure they'd like to send him up to triple A, get him some time there, get him some more time at third base, and then go from there. So I'm not sure we'll see it in the next week or two, but I guess you never know. Uh, but I think we'll sh- we should set our expectations for a September call up with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so another top prospect we saw come up this week, Orlando Arcia with the Brewers. Uh, he's going to take over at shortstop with uh, Jonathan v- Jonathan VR moving over to third base, and Hernan Perez, who's been a nice surprise this season, will shift over to right field. Um, I think with Arcia, though, we're, we're looking at someone who might be more valuable in real life than fantasy, at least at the outset. Yeah, I mean, we did say the same thing about Francisco Lindor when he was coming up. That's they're, true. They kind of have similar profiles. Like, yep. um, they're, I, I think Arcia is going to be really good. But yeah, I, for fantasy wise this year and maybe even next year, I, I might I would probably stay away. But the way Lindor just kind of shot up and, and was all of a sudden a great hitter, uh changes my mind i don't know it's weird <laughs> yeah the thing about arcia he is playing or he was playing in uh, colorado springs so mm-hmm. obviously a great place to be for offense and if you look at his splits had an 865 ops at home 583 ops on the road um so and also shortstop middle infield has been deeper this year in fantasy so this isn't a guy i know when you see top prospect you're like oh i gotta pick this guy up but I think this is someone you can kind of wait and see how he does. This year, I'm not really going out of my way to pick him up. Yeah, I agree. Um, I guess the other big one is the Yankees calling up Gary Sanchez. Um, Joe Girardi said, hey, well, we're going to play our young kids. And, and I think that means that Sanchez is going to be their regular catcher down the stretch with Brian McCann moving into more of a DH role. Uh, Sanchez was hitting the ball really well at at triple a scranton wilkes bear uh, 10 homers 21 doubles and 71 games with a good ops um he's a powerful hitter moving into an everyday type gig in a in a power friendly home park and he plays a position where it's hard to find production there's i think there's a lot to like there down the stretch actually 
Yeah, me too. I think they'll probably alternate between catcher and DH to keep them fresh. Um, and Sanchez is a, I mean, this is a guy I've been waiting on forever. I mean, he yeah. signed uh, with the Yankees when I think he was 16 in 2009. So it's been a really long time coming. And he improved his stock last year, hit 274 with 18 homers uh, between double A AA and triple A, has 10 homers and an 807 OPS. Uh, this year had a couple cups of coffee in the past in the majors, but this time seems like he's up for good. And you're right with the power potential and the ballpark. Um, I think he's relevant in two catcher mixed leagues right now uh, and even deeper mixed leagues. So uh, someone to keep an eye on, uh, someone to keep an eye on. He's still widely available right now, but I'm excited about him. Um, and another guy we could see with the Yankees as they're going into these, this youth movement, um, Aaron judge. Um, was recently ranked number 42 on Baseball America's midseason list. And if we're going by dynasty-type prospects, uh, he's exciting. And, and it's all about the power potential with him. Struggled during his first taste of AAA last year, but much better in his second try at the level this year, hitting 264, 16 homers, 830 OPS. Um, recently missed some time with a knee injury, but returned this week. Um, I'm sure the Yankees want to give him some time to sort of shake the rust and that sort of thing, but I could see him coming up maybe in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I guess we'll have to skip the mailbag this week because we, we went so long on prospects and closers and there was a lot to cover. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack with the trade deadline this week. So no time for the mailbag, but exciting to look at these prospects and, and to really break down all these closers. We will get back to the mailbag next week, but that's all we have for this week. Um, if you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes and also to rate and review. We'd really appreciate it. Also, you can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Audio Boom. So whatever device you use, we're available for you. You can find me at DJ Short on Twitter, and Drew is at Drew Silva on Twitter. We'll see you next time. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.